following contest is scheduled for one Hey, 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 it's your boy KJ, and welcome back to the Roped In Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We have so much to talk about today. Woo! We are on the cusp of Survivor Series weekend. We have got the Survivor Series pay-per-view. We have got War Games. We've got so much happening this weekend, and it's amazing. But is it too much? I don't know. Let's get into it. We have... Oh, news, news, there's so much news. There is uh, CM Punk after his debut week on WWE Backstage. Jim Cornette has now departed from NWA Power. Uh, there are, you know, the some some good and bad points of Survivor Series. There are good, mainly good points for War Games, really. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we have uh, the Roped In Fantasy League to discuss. We have Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW to get into. And we've got the five of the week in your questions. Plus a brand new trivia. So, uh, guys, this is going to be a stacked, stacked episode. So, why don't we start? Why don't we just get into it? Because, God, who has who has time? We have so much wrestling to catch up on. And, you know, if you're tuning into this, you're out here to listen to my thoughts on, on stuff. So uh, I will be giving my predictions for Survivor Series and War Games at the end of the the review of Raw SmackDown NXT and AEW. So stick around for that. And obviously, you know, you've got you've got the other great interactive stuff coming up uh, by the by the end of the show. So, yeah, I, I, you know what? Uh, I, I started watching WWE backstage last week because of CM Punk. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I did not watch a single episode before that. It did not. The people on the show didn't exactly appeal to me. Uh, I would have probably watched for Adam Cole had I known he was going to be on the show. But um, I, I sort of tuned in for CM Punk because obviously, you know, you want to know what the fuck is going on. CM Punk is here. And, you know, he was the talking point. He broke the wrestling internet. So everyone wanted to know. What is CM Punk on about? What is he going to talk about? What are, you know, the, the, where is his mind at? And it was interesting to see that, you know, everything he said on Twitter about not watching the show and stuff, he, you know, he's still stuck by it. So I guess he was telling the truth. He has not watched the product in five or six years. So he still has a lot of catching up to do, which is good. But, you know, as a person of his expertise is now on the show and he's watching the show from i guess a a new perspective let's say you know not exactly a new perspective but you know he's he's an expert and he's analyzing things that he hasn't seen in a while so i guess he's got fresh eyes you know so i don't think he's going to hate on as many things as we think he's going to hate on because i guess you know the novelty of watching all these new things but there are some things that are absolute garbage that he pointed out like the whole fucking that dog thing with roman reigns good god that was horrible but He'll, he, I'm guessing he'll be back on, uh, is it, I, I, I believe it airs Tuesday night. So he's going to be on on Tuesday night uh, talking about Survivor Series, I'm sure. Uh, I don't Actually, I, I'm not even sure if he's advertised for next week. So I don't know how it works. Is he just like on sometimes, not on sometimes? Like, I don't get it. I don't know how it works. So uh, I will watch it next week to see. I hope he's on because that's what's going to keep me tuned in. But if he's not on, then, well, you know, I might or might not. 
let's see you know it's it's an interesting show but uh he had some thoughts he he discussed his in-ring return which he said he might he might be open to the possibility you know he's still waiting to see what is going to happen he's not confirmed or denied it he's said that he's open for negotiation and you know he knows what his age is and stuff he's not that old but he you know he might have a few matches in him so so let's see you know i'd like to see how he goes about this and he he most definitely is not going to be wrestling the entire schedule that the 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 regular roster wrestles you know he's i'm sure he's going to be tapering it off a little bit or he's going to be like you know what i'm CM punk i don't need to wrestle so many matches so you guys figure out how you're going to sort, sort this out for me and we'll take it from there so <clears throat> that's that's um that was interesting to hear uh he obviously he gave his thoughts uh, he did the whole thing with david arquette it was interesting interesting show i'd like to see him back on for sure i i liked it and uh i like the fact that he's unfiltered that's what we all love about cm punk that's why he became really popular people like cm punk because he was un- unfiltered so you know let's see let's see will he make a return to survivor series i don't know i doubt it i doubt he's wrestling and he's he's sort of you know <clears throat> he he's not exactly hiding the the facts like, like the return and stuff he, he just went quiet you know he didn't say anything and then he showed up but if he's not doing something he goes out and says it he's like i'm not doing this so we just have to figure out like what he is doing, you know. But I'm I'm not gonna speculate anymore. I'm just gonna wait and see when he comes and and just take it from there. You know, I'll be excited. So I'm just not gonna expect it. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so that's CM Punk on WWE backstage going on to Jim Cornette. Eee. it's a touchy topic, folks. People are not very happy. We're in 2019, and um, <clears throat> now. I'm the type of person who's like, say whatever the fuck you want, you know, speak your mind as long as you're not hurting someone. Jokes, see, that's the thing, right? I make jokes. I say a lot of stupid shit. I say a lot of dumb shit. I say things that might offend people. But I was told, and I believe this, that offense is never given, it's always taken. I could say... Your mom's a fat piece of shit. But if you're standing there and taking this and you're like, you know what? How dare you fucking say that? Well, you've taken the offense to what I've said. However, if I say something, it's your choice. So so basically what I'm trying to say is that if I say something that's offensive, quote unquote offensive, it's up to you to take it or not. You should not, in my opinion, right? Again, now everything I'm saying is in my opinion. So don't go ahead and say that, oh, this fucking guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Uh, this is just my opinion, my perspective on life, right? Okay, look, 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 what I'm trying to say is that if you take offense to everything someone says, well, you're going to end up in this what we or some of us call Generation Snowflake, right? So... Well, and again i'm not condoning what jim Cornette has said but what i'm saying is that there are certain things that you kind of you need to sort of let go you know you need to figure out what your fight is and it can't be everything if you're fighting for everything well then you're just fighting 
that's all you're gonna constantly do. You have to let people live. And if like I, I've I've like I have friends, I have people sometimes who I don't know who say really shitty things to me, you know? But it, it's up to me if I wanna let their words affect me, you know? I try and I have friends who try and get under my skin for the you know, for a joke. But I know people that can't stand that, you know? And it's probably insecurity. That's where it comes from. But, you know, again, this is not a philosophical debate or anything like that. It's just uh, Jim Cornette made a joke in poor taste, let's say. And he's he's come out and said that he's been making this joke for years. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and he it was something about Ethiopians. I'm not going to repeat the joke, but it was it, it was offensive to, you know, a, a certain race of people. And uh, he... So basically, NWA came out and they apologized. They removed that that comment from the commentary of the match, but then a video surfaced of Jim Cornette, uh, or rather, an audio clip surfaced of Jim Cornette, uh, you know, using the N word, and that was a little problematic, right? But again, that was I don't know how many years ago, and you know, he, again, that that's not cool. It's not cool, and. You know, as people say, you know, you gotta tr- you gotta change with the times, you know, or you you end up, you know, you, you end up in the past. You can't keep living in the past because things are changing. There are new people that are developing and and you know forming this world that we live in today. And if you're living in the past and if you're you know clinging on to certain things, well, you're you're gonna have a trouble. You're gonna have a, a really hard time living in today. You know. Now, I'm a person who likes a balance. I think there are certain things that worked while I was growing up, and I'd like to see that stuff stay. But there's some people who, who you know, they're like, oh, it used to work. Like Everything I used to do as a kid worked, so why don't we stick to that? Well, no, because there are things that are different. You know, let's say technology. Technology advances, you advance with it. There was no social media growing up, but now there's social media. you got to figure out how to incorporate yourself with today's times or again as i said you get stuck in the past you know you got to be willing to develop and and grow so with that being said jim Cornette kind of fucked up right he he made a joke about something and people are a little more sensitive to stuff like that today you know and that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing it's just the that's just something you can't do anymore and jim Cornette has you know vocally said a lot of things but you know, there's, but here's the thing. There needs to be space for conversation and dialogue. You speak to Jim, you have to speak to Jim Cornette, right? And be like, listen, dude, what the fuck you did is wrong. Apologize. If you do it again, you're gone. But it was like this thing where it's like, and and I've seen it on Twitter, this cancel culture, right? It's like, oh, he made one mistake. That's it. He's gone. It was the same with Kevin Hart with the Oscars. Kevin Hart 10 years ago said something about his kid and how if he was a homosexual, he'd do something and he'd beat his kid up or something like that. I don't exactly remember the the exact verbiage used, but that it was something along that those lines. And and, and Kevin Hart was, you know, uh, told to apologize, and he he apparently did. He said, "Look, when the the people that were chasing uh, that that bit of information, they brought it out when I was announced for the Oscars, and they're like, oh, Kevin Hart said this, Kevin Hart said that.' Well." He's like, I apologize. Why don't you go find my apology? You know? But it's this thing where it's like apologies don't mean anything anymore. It's like you can do whatever fuck you want. And and 
and then even if you apologize, it's like, no, we don't give a shit, you know? Like, if I if I say something that's offensive and I apologize for it and I truly mean it and I make sure that I don't do it again, why is it that there's no room for an apology anymore? It's like, no, he said it. That's it. It's done. How dare, how dare you say it? And I had this conversation with a girl where she was like, oh, but these guys are in the public limelight and if they do it, they make it, they enable other people to do it. It's like, yeah, but he's also showing that people make mistakes and how you rectify those mistakes. There have been so many times where people, for example, are, you know, they cheat on their partners and then they're like, oh, you know, I, I fucked up. It was in the moment. I wasn't thinking. I was, you know, I, I, I made a huge mistake. I never want to do that again. And, but then, okay, maybe cheating is a bad example because it's kind of like, how could you do that to someone you love? But you get my point. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I'm rambling on to this like philosophical little rabbit hole here. And that's not what I want to do here. But Jim Cornette basically is gone from, from professional wrestling on NWA. And, you know, I, I find it hard to see Jim Cornette getting another job anytime soon. But that guy's a plethora of knowledge. You know, he knows a lot of shit. And again, you know, he comes with the, it's the entire package. So it's unfortunate. It is what it is. I, I, w- I wish there was a conversation, but in today's world, I guess that doesn't exist. So, hey, it's kind of sad. It really is. <clears throat> so uh, <laughs> with that being said, on that happy note, uh, why don't we get into Monday Night Raw? Why don't we do that first? Um, so Monday Night Raw kicks off with Becky Lynch in the ring. Uh, Charlotte Flair comes out. And then suddenly we see Samoa Joe's music hit before Charlotte and Becky get into their match with the Iconics. So Samoa Joe comes out and we're like, what the fuck? We go to commercial break and we're back. And Samoa Joe is now on commentary. So that's amazing. I'm very happy. And throughout the night, he proved... You know, he proved his his worth and his placement. Samoa Joe is excellent. Excellent. He brought life to the show. He brought a perspective of a competitor. He he was the, you know, a great heel, uh, I guess, commentator, you know. And, and this is the best way to use him while he's injured. He's, he's excellent. Perhaps the best on the mic, you know. Before Samoa Joe really brought it in onto WWE television. I guess Kevin Owens was the best person on the mic, but I think Samoa Joe has sort of outdone Mr. Mr. Kevin Owens here. Owens has just not been on the mic in a while, so I don't know. Maybe it's that. But definitely Samoa Joe is doing a fantastic, fantastic fucking job, and that's evident with with uh, his commentary on Raw this week. I, I, for, I for one, absolutely loved Samoa Joe like he was so good so the first match of the night was Becky and Charlotte versus the Iconics uh so Becky and Charlotte win Charlotte puts in the figure eight Billy Kay taps out after the match uh Becky and Charlotte start walking up the ramp together but then uh Shayna Baszler Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke come out and they attack the Iconics that prompts Charlotte and Becky to run back into the ring and attacks Shayna and her buddies, but you know they they run into the crowd, and then suddenly the security guards come out and they block Becky and Charlotte. I was like, "What? Why? Why did you let Shayna and her buddies go, but stop them?" You know, Charlotte and Becky are actually 
legally meant to be there. Shayna, according to Kayfabe, is not. So that was a little, you know, weird, but okay. Uh, Becky punches the security guard and knocks him out. So I guess that's what they wanted to show. You know, Becky's a badass. Um, so, yeah, so that was a little strange, but okay, yeah, we're doing this whole, like, invading thing again. And they kind of overdid it. I'm sorry. If you guys love it, cool. I just felt like it's it was overdone. Really, like, every show. It was good when it was, like, you know, a novelty. When it was, like, oh, when am I going to see it? But now it was just, like, all right, when are they invading? Oh, they're there. Okay, who's coming out now? Oh, they're Okay. You know, it was like that. And it was very predictable. I don't like that. Um, we get a match between Seth Rollins and Andrade. This was so weird because Lucha House Party come out and attack Seth. Who the fuck in the right mind was thinking, hey, you know what would be great? Get these three morons who no one ever sees and and put them in, in this little segment here and get them to attack Seth Rollins. And then when, once they attack, once they attack him, you know, make them go into the ring and, like, try and fight Andrade. It's like, why? These guys are supposed to be, like, happy, lovey, hey, piñatas, woo. And then suddenly they get into the fucking ring and they beat up Seth Rollins, who is just Universal Champion. So weird. So fucking weird. But, yeah, so Andrade gets mad because it, had he won this match, he would have, uh, I don't know, been in the match, I believe. I'm not sure what the stipulation was. I think he would have replaced Seth. So I think that was the thing. Uh, but yeah, disqualification finish. Andrade and Seth both end up beating Lucha House Party up. They shake hands and uh, Seth says, Hey, you know what? Without your girl, you're not bad. Ah. So uh, that's my Seth Rollins impression. It's terrible, but you know, he's got a weird voice. Uh, <laughs> over the course of the night, we see Buddy Murphy knock on Aleister Black's door. Right? And then he walks... So let's say if you you know if you're looking at the door, he knocks on the door, waits for like ten seconds, and then walks to the right and you know goes through another door, and just when he does that, Alistair Black opens the door and he only looks to the left. He doesn't like turn around and look to the right. Like it was so unnatural. Like, and and the door opens to the left, right? So if from your perspective, it opens to the left, and and he comes out and just goes around the door. He's like, who is it? Who is it? He doesn't even look to the other side. Like, bro, when you come out, you look both sides. It's like, who is that? But he just looked to one side, and then he waited. It's like he was counting in his head. He's like, one, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four. And then just fucking turned around. I was like, what the fuck? That's so unnatural. If you wanted to do it like that, have him come out and then look both sides. You know? Just make sure Buddy Murphy's out of the shot. That's how you do it. But fucking hell. So, uh, it, it it was so weird. But uh, basically, Buddy Murphy, Buddy Murphy, <laughs> Buddy Murphy goes, has a match with Akira Tozawa. He comes back, he knocks on the door, but this time Aleister Black was ready. And he opens the door and he's standing there. He's like, oh, it's you. Who the fuck are you again? And it's, they both looked at each other. I was like, why? Why does Aleister Black just sit in that room? What is he doing in that? Is he meditating? What is that? What What's going on in that room? I'm very intrigued by that room. I don't know what to, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, Owens and McIntyre have a match. So Kevin Owens versus Drew McIntyre. They have a great fucking match. But this match never had a finish because just, you know, 
by, I guess, I'm going to say 10 minutes, the 10-minute mark, uh, Triple H's music hits. Triple H comes out. We go to commercial. And when we were back, there is no finish. It's just Triple H and, and Kevin Owens standing in the ring. So I wonder what the crowd was seeing. The crowd must have been like, where the fuck is Drew going? What happened? What? Why did the lights go out? What the fuck? So uh, Triple H comes out and and uh, he tries to basically convince Kevin Owens to you know come back to NXT. He's like, uh, I never wanted you to leave. You came and as soon as you came in, you backstabbed your brother, uh, Sami Zayn, for the title, and then you came up onto the main roster. You showed John Cena who you are, and blah 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 blah. And in that, you know, and then he's got like a few of his NXT henchmen standing on the ramp. And uh, they get taken out by the Raw, a few of the Raw guys. But while they're getting taken out, Undisputed Era get into the ring and they attack Kevin Owens. Which I thought was weird because um, Undisputed Era, or at least Kevin Owens on Twitter has always, you know, spoken highly about Undisputed Era. So I was kind of like, why? No. I was hoping one day like he would join them somehow. You know, but I guess there would be a power struggle, so I don't know how they do that. But yeah, so Undisputed Era attack Kevin Owens, and you know, Triple H is kind of like, "What are you doing?" And Adam Cole starts yelling at Triple H. He's like, "No, you don't know," or some shit, like trying to justify the Undisputed Era's actions. But you know, say lovey. Uh, so Kevin Owens is not in, I guess NXT. I don't know. Maybe he might show up at War Games. I guess we'll find out later what I think about that. Our main event of the evening is Randy Orton. And uh, a mystery partner versus Viking Raiders. And uh, for some reason, I thought it'd be like some big surprise. But nope. Ricochet comes out. Yay. Uh, The Viking Raiders actually lose this match because SmackDown people come out and start attacking Randy and Ricochet. And the Viking Raiders were on the outside, then start pulling SmackDown guys. They start brawling and then, you know... uh, so it's this whole Raw Smackdown kerfuffle and then NXT comes out and NXT starts attacking and then you see Triple H standing at Gorilla and he basically says Raw Smackdown the doors to NXT are wide open so anytime you want to come show yourselves so uh, yeah he it's an open invitation to those guys so I guess you know we uh, we do see what happens there which was pretty interesting uh, so that was Raw. It was a mediocre show. Nothing great. Nothing special, I guess. Uh, some of the good matches just had no finishes. So uh, whatever, you know, it, it was it was what it was. Um, not exactly the best go home show because this brawl thing is too much. Every all the shows ended the same. This all ended with a brawl. So whatever. Uh, moving on to SmackDown Live. So, actually, you know what? I'll do NXT for the first time. I'll do NXT first because, you know, they, they kind of, like, tie in. So, um, we we start the show with William Regal standing backstage, and he's just, like, staring at the door. And then the door opens, and Becky Lynch walks in. And he's like, good to see you. And then she goes in. And, uh, he's I mean, he's such a warm welcome. I, I, feel, I felt like all was, that was missing was just, like, tea and biscuits, you know? It's like, oh, hello, Becky. Here you go. Here's some tea. Here's some biscuits. I'll see you at War Games. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so Becky Lynch just, you know, and I like how how a fucking door is just right there in front of Gorilla. It's like, what if someone broke in through that door and just ran out to the stage? It's that simple. So, yeah, she just walked in, turned the corner, and she was she was on the ramp, like up on, on 
the stage. So I was like, wow, that's cool. So <laughs> Becky Lynch gets to the ring. She cuts a promo. And uh, while she's cutting the promo, Rhea Ripley comes out and uh, challenges Becky Lynch to a match. So it's Becky versus Rhea. Uh, this match doesn't have a finish. It's, uh, I guess, a no contest because Shayna and her buddies, they come out. They start attacking Becky and Rhea. But Becky and Rhea were too strong for for the three women. And they end up standing tall. So I guess I hope one day we see that match. That should be good. Rhea Ripley's really, really good. Very talented woman. Um. <clears throat> We then see, this is funny, Kona Reeves, poor guy, who's like rarely on NXT, comes out. I was like, oh, I haven't seen this guy in a while. And uh, he comes out, but, you know, he barely makes it to the ring. He's posing, and then Ricochet fucking out of nowhere torpedoes into his fucking face and uh, and takes him out. So that's it. You know, Kona Reeves is dead. Uh, Ricochet gets into the ring. He's standing on uh, in the middle of the ring, and Matt Riddle, who is Kona Reeves' scheduled opponent... Uh, he comes out and Riddle, you know, basically says like, all right, let's have a match, Ricochet. So Ricochet and Riddle have a pretty good match. But in the middle of the match, Cesaro and Nakamura come out and the distraction allows Riddle to roll up Ricochet for the win. Uh, Cesaro is then taken out by Matt Riddle. Like Matt Riddle basically needs Cesaro. He goes, so he kind of splits open the barricade, goes to the other side of the barricade. And Ricochet, this fucking guy does a so he does a springboard from the inside of the ring all the way to the outside of the fucking barricade like this guy's insane and he just flies across cesaro catches him both men are laid out and then uh uh, nakamura is about to hit matt riddle with a kinshasa but roddy strong comes out he attacks nakamura but matt riddle takes him out and while he's taking matt uh roddy strong out rather uh, Finn Balor runs in. Finn Balor attacks Matt Riddle, and uh, but again Matt Riddle gets the upper hand. Uh, kind of counters Finn Balor's you know attacks on him, and Finn Balor is left retreating back up the ramp. So that's interesting. Um, it's uh, it's it's good to see that that uh, Finn Balor is getting physical, and you know he's he's finding the spots to attack. It's great. I love it. Um, we then get a fucking insane match between the revival, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Like, holy shit. Uh, this was a fucking great match. There was a point where, uh, they, the revival hit their shatter machine onto, I believe it was Bobby Fish. I I can't, yeah, I think it was Bobby Fish. Uh, but Kyle O'Reilly, if, if it was Kyle O'Reilly or Bobby Fish, whoever it was, but the other Undisputed Era member, uh, manages to pull... I believe it's Scott Dawson going for the pin. Uh, pull him off the pin. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly does a set of moves to, to Scott Dawson. Scott Dawson kicks out. But eventually, uh, Dash Wilder is you know kind of left helpless and beaten up on the outside. <laughs> Scott Dawson standing in the middle of the ring in between Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish is like, kiss my ass. And, and they hit the high-low and get the win. Uh, undisputed era stand tall after defeating the revival i saw on twitter the revival were getting you know a warm reception from the full sale crowd so i'd like to see revival return to nxt i think that would be best for them you know i maybe send them to to aew but i think they would thrive in nxt because that's where they were amazing so bring them back to nxt please please they were so good 
Uh, Kaylee Ray and Dakota Kai have a match. Uh, Kaylee Ray wins with uh, the Gory Bomb. She hits the Gory Bomb. She gets the win over Dakota Kai, gaining momentum going into War Games. And then after the match, Raw and SmackDown women basically come out. So you see Carmella like fucking doing the moonwalk and shit. And then they all end up in a brawl. The Raw, SmackDown, NXT women. But then Nikki Cross comes in with a fucking trash can lid. And she just starts fucking up every girl in the ring just with that trash can lid. She starts, and but the thing is, like, because of the headshots, you can't really do that, right? So, like, she's standing there and then she's like swinging that thing, but she's waiting to see where the women are bending or or covering or moving before she hits them. So that was a little awkward, but basically Nikki Cross just, you know, cleans house. I like seeing the crazy Nikki Cross back in NXT, you know, like she doesn't give a fuck about anything and she's the only one who comes in with a weapon prepared. So it was good to see Nikki Cross, you know, stand tall uh, amongst all the women on on that show there. Uh, then we have our main event, which is Adam Cole versus Dominic Dijakovic for, in a ladder match with a briefcase hanging to see who will gain the War Games advantage. Um, there are so many spots in this match. What a fucking great match. Adam Cole hits the... So basically, Dominic Dijakovic pulls Adam Cole, who's climbing the ladder. He pulls him down. Adam Cole falls into like you know the pile driver position but he hits the panama sunrise coming down from the fucking ladder that was incredible uh, adam cole gets choke slammed through a ladder that was just you know angled up in the corner uh there was a ladder that was placed so basically there was a ladder in the middle of the ring and there's a ladder placed on on maybe the third or fourth rung leveled out with the middle rope and basically Adam Cole, just, you know, after he was, like, on the floor, Dominic Dijakovic hits a feast your eyes. He fucks his knee up, but then he starts climbing the ladder. While he gets all the way to the top, Adam Cole rushes to the top and then grabs a briefcase and fucking hits Dominic Dijakovic on the fucking head. And when he hits him on the damn head, that man falls. No look, no covering up falls fucking back first like a fucking dead body onto that ladder that was that was attached to the ladder and the ladder cracks and this guy fucking whiplash bro holy shit i watched that so many times because it looked like he fucking got whiplash it looked horrible but what a fucking sell job this guy adam cole pulls the briefcase down and you know celebrates he's like all right we got it we got the advantage and, I mean, that was the right decision because he's a champion. You can't just make him lose any match, you know. I don't like what WWE does where it's like, oh, if it's not a title match, well, the champion's going to lose. Well, no. Now, you see, he looks legit. He looks like a fucking legit champion because he won the match even though it was not a title match, which makes you think that, okay, if it was a title match, he would have won it, you know. But then that's the thing, right? Like, oh, why do champions only ever win title matches? No, he should win any match. He's on a streak. He is the champion. He's got quote-unquote momentum with him. So it's like, yeah, he should be winning fucking matches. He's the champion. He's the number one guy. You're not supposed to be able to beat the guy. He's number one. So I love that. I love the fact that he won. Like, he didn't need any help. He's the champ. Legit. So Adam Cole wins. And uh, then after the match, the Raw and SmackDown gang, you know, they gather. So basically, Undisputed Era standing on the ramp. They're celebrating, but then SmackDown and Raw basically sandwich them. They start fighting. Everyone brawls. 
and uh, Adam Cole is left standing in the ring. He turns around. Seth Rollins super kicks him. And then as Seth Rollins is getting ready to do the stomp, Tommaso Ciampa's music hits. Ciampa comes out. Adam Cole at this point is like rolled onto the outside. But before Ciampa gets into the ring to attack Seth, he, he delivers a knee to Adam Cole, making sure like, all right, you motherfucker, you're first. Now, Seth, you're next. And then he goes into the ring and he basically brawls with Seth Rollins. So... Yeah, he beats the shit out of Seth. And uh, we go off the air. So, unfortunately, we couldn't see the entire brawl. But, you know, we see that bit, which is good. Now, chronologically, let's jump over to SmackDown. Where, again, you know, we're culminating all the matches from Survivor Series. So, uh, yeah. So, it's SmackDown... We see the show start with Roman Reigns addressing the SmackDown roster and then Sasha Banks kind of, you know, intervenes and she says, I'm going to lead the team to victory. So she goes to the ring and she basically addresses the teams. Uh, Raw's team comes out. So I'm assuming these are the confirmed names for the team because I don't know. But uh, Charlotte Flair comes out, who is the team captain. Uh, she comes out with Kabuki Warriors, Natalia, and Sarah Logan. So those are the five, I'm assuming. I don't know why Sarah Logan's in it. When the fuck was she last on TV? I saw her on NXT. I was kind of confused as well. I was like, okay, they're just throwing in extras. But do they really not have any other women? Is this it? Is that is that it? So, okay, I guess. Fucking weird. So, yeah, so they basically... Uh, the the five of them come out. They go to the other side of the ring, which I figured would mean that NXT's team is going to come out. NXT's team comes out from the from the crowd, and it's Rhea Ripley, Candice Michelle, oh, Candice Michelle, <laughs> Candice LeRae. Wow, Candice Michelle, holy shit, what a fucking trip. Uh, so <laughs> Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Tony Storm who, again, was not announced on anything that I've seen. And I was just like, what the fuck, Tony Storm? She's out there. Is no one going to address that? Like, be like, oh, we got the NXT, or rather the the ex-NXT UK champion. Uh, but nothing. They don't say shit. I was like, okay, that's weird. So Rhea Ripley, Candice Michelle, Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Tony Storm come. They surround the ring, sort of. And then... Charlotte had challenged Sasha, but then Rhea Ripley takes umbrage to that, and she says, you know what, why don't we make it captain versus captain versus captain? And uh, this match was really good. We get a triple threat between Rhea Ripley, Sasha Banks, and Charlotte Flair, and uh, the finish of the match was awesome because Charlotte Flair puts Sasha Banks in the figure eight leg lock, but uh, when she bridges, Rhea Ripley gets into the ring. She crawls under the bridge and crucifix pins Charlotte Flair getting the victory. It was so creative, so well done. And it, I, like, if I'm being a tiny nitpicky, right? I think Charlotte's flair, Charlotte's, Charlotte's flair, Charlotte's shoulder had slightly edged up a little bit, but it's forgivable because, you know, maybe the referee didn't see it because it was just like an instant, right? But I guess because I was paying attention because I was like, oh, please, you know, that would be perfect. It would be perfect finish. But she sort of tiny like shoulder thing but fuck it it doesn't make it doesn't matter it doesn't make a difference it was an excellent finish excellent match i loved every bit of it really really well done women you guys are excellent what a fucking great match so yeah so that that uh i guess nxt gets that momentum victory and then the raw and smackdown women brawl they you know they get really mad at each other or whatever 
then we see Sami Zayn Nakamura uh, come out to the ring, and Sami Zayn basically has gifted Shinsuke Nakamura a brand new IC title. Of you know, it's got it's black and gold, you know, and it actually it looks really nice. I have to admit, it's a it's a good looking belt. I do, however, love the now old Intercontinental title. I I really like the white. Uh, belt it looks the white leather is, is a really nice touch but i guess you know it kind of can get dirty or whatever i don't know but the this title doesn't look bad at all it looks quite nice and uh, it's definite fucking step up from the 24 7 title i'll tell you that so uh yeah a new intercontinental championship belt is introduced and uh, while they're talking they're they're you know quickly interrupted by undisputed era so nakamura and uh, Sami Zayn, they clear the ring, they get out, they go all the way up to the ramp. Undisputed Era introduce themselves, but then the New Day come out, and then they're like, oh, we're going to take on, you know, the team, or New Day is going to take on the Undisputed Era. And Roddy Strong, who had the microphone, was like, oh, but there's four of us and two of you. This prompts Heavy Machinery to come out for some reason. And then it's a eight-man tag for momentum, I guess. So <laughs> Undisputed Era pick up the win which is the only thing that really makes sense because they're a actual team new day and heavy machinery or not and during the match you see otis and big e sort of like get into it as well because there's a point where kofi fell on tucker and then otis pushed him off so you know they're getting mad at each other so it makes sense you know uh but after the match roderick strong aj styles and shinsuke nakamura end up slightly brawling with each other uh, because they have a triple threat match, so I guess they kind of have to sort of sell that. Uh, after the commercial break, we see the the OC standing by the ramp. They're not on the ramp. They're standing by the ramp talking shit. But then Daniel Bryan's music hits. He comes out. He starts talking. The Miz interrupts him, and he challenges him to a match. Miz and Daniel Bryan have a match, but there's a point where Miz falls into the corner, bottom rope sort of corner thing, and he's just like almost out, and then... Daniel Bryan teases a yes. He's about to get his fingers up into the air. And suddenly the lights go out. And the once the lights come back on, you see it's not the Miz anymore. It's the Fiend. Fiend has replaced the Miz in the exact same position that the Miz was in. And then by the time Daniel Bryan gets, you know, his wits about himself. So he, he, he sort of tries to tackle Bray or the Fiend rather. But uh, the Fiend mandible claws Daniel Bryan. So, Fiend going in strong, and I guess Fiend will retain the title. I can't imagine Danny Bryan would win it. So, uh, that would be really bad. That would be really, really bad. And can you imagine, like, let's say five years ago, people would be like, oh, you know, Bray Wyatt versus Danny Bryan, we want to see Bray Wyatt win? Nah. Because, like, when he, when he eliminated him from the Royal Rumble that year, what was it, six years ago, or whatever fuck it was, everyone was so mad. Everyone hated Bray. So, I don't know. I I, I would have never seen this coming. Because The Fiend is awesome. Uh, there was also a little bit between uh, Shayna Baszler and, ba- uh, and Bailey Where Shayna Baszler comes out to the ring. She's like, alright, I'm not going to attack you from behind. Come, show me what you got. But Bailey attacks Shayna from behind instead. And uh, she sort of takes her out. You know, and uh, Bailey is uh, left... Um, sort of, Shayna kind of tries to get her into the Kirifuda clutch, but then Bailey keeps countering, and uh, she escapes. 
So, but surprisingly, no Becky Lynch. I found that weird. I expected Becky to come out for the go-home show, but no Becky Lynch. Okay, whatever. Our main event is Baron Corbin, Robert Roode, and Dolph Ziggler versus Roman Reigns, Shorty G, and Mustafa Ali. Ali gets a huge pop because it's his hometown of Chicago, Illinois. Um, Well, that, that plays a factor later. I'll explain why. But, uh, yeah, so Corbin basically gets the victory after he does a massive, crazy deep six to Baron Corbin. To, sorry, to Mustafa Ali. Not Baron Corbin does it to Ali. Uh, I was surprised. I was surprised that the deep six did it. You know, I expected Ali to kick out and then, you know, end of days ends the match. But that's how you get heat. You know, this is old school. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see it because that's how old school heels get heat over over baby faces baby faces never win in their hometown it's a good way to get heat and the crowd was loving ali oh they were so happy they're so as soon as he mentioned from chicago illinois everyone's like Wah! so uh it was good to see uh ali get cheered so so much and uh, so after the match uh, seth rollins music hits roman reigns is standing in the ring uh, Seth Rollins' music hits. Uh, all of the Raw roster comes... Well, not all of it, but like a lot of the Raw roster comes down from uh, the, I guess, the audience. Uh, Seth tells the entire crew to just chill, wait here. Um, it's only Roman standing in the ring. So Seth gets into the ring, and he sort of talks... Not talks, but he's like standing there looking at Roman. And then both men start punching each other. I was like, aren't you guys brothers? Like, what the fuck is this? This is fucking dumb. Like, do you have to fight? Why are you touching each other? Just, like, let your other boys, like, beat the shit out of, you know, each, you you guys, or whatever. Like, but it didn't make sense. I don't understand why they're brawling. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand it. That, it it's dumb. It's dumb to have that. So, whatever. But, yeah, so basically, they start brawling. Then all of Raw and SmackDown start brawling. And then, you see a, uh on the big titan tron we see a a jeep pulling up and it's got this massive army of people all in yellow and black or black and gold let's say and uh, it's triple h Shawn michaels and road dog leading the nxt army to the arena they all get in and nxt basically just decimates everyone the, the number of superstars on that roster was just like insane because it was all the nxt uh the the regular nxt people and the nxt uk guys were there too so that was you know a massive massive fucking horde of people coming in and yeah so they all brawl and uh we we i guess end the go home the actual go home show with uh, keith lee and braun Strowman standing in there and I, I was like oh this is gonna be crazy like keith lee and braun Strowman, that that would be nuts i'd love to see that so yeah so that was the WWE programming, you guys. Um, let me get to AEW, and then we'll do the uh, Survivor Series and War Games predictions. So AEW, uh, it was a you know not an excellent show. They're they're going up against NXT Go Home, so it was really difficult because NXT obviously brought out the big guns in terms of they had advertised the the you know the nxt sorry the main roster people coming over to nxt and obviously because it's a go home show they're kind of you know finishing up the little bit of storytelling that they had to 
like with Dijakovic and and Adam Cole. So it's like it was it was going to be a stack show and, you know, spoiler alert, a little bit jumping ahead, but NXT beat AEW in the ratings. Not by much. I think it was like a 24,000 change, which is not a lot, but they did beat them, so which means that it is a possibility that they continue this way. So Again, I'm just going to jump ahead real quick. I feel like the only way, since I'm on this topic, uh, the only way NXT can continue their this this overturn and this, this, I guess, defeating AEW in ratings, the only way, I think, to generate interest would be have a big name show up tonight at, at War Games and then have someone, you know... Uh, I guess, and it has to be someone big that's returning to NXT and have them go over to NXT, wrestle at NXT or like show up or advertise them to be at NXT because like Champa's team still needs a fourth guy, right? Again, we'll get into all that, but someone is needed there. So show someone going over to NXT that will generate interest, garner interest, and people will watch it. And AEW, as I'll get into it, have advertised a title match. So... Um, let's get into AEW before I like speculate all that. We start the show with Ray Phoenix versus Nick Jackson. Ray Phoenix gets the win. Nothing much to say here. Uh, Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida uh, for the number one contendership. So I believe Hikaru Shida is, was the uh, second position and uh, Britt Baker was the number one or it could have been the other way around. I'm not entirely sure. But Shida gets the win with a running knee strike so Britt Baker loses. Um, so I, I don't understand what they're doing with Britt Baker because I feel like it's a start and stop. It's like, okay, she's win, she wins two matches and then when it's like, you know, time to win the number one contendership, nope, she lost. So, I don't know. Let's see. Britt Baker, I guess, will get a title shot at some point in her career. She's, she's pretty decent. Uh, we see a Dark Order recruitment video package, which was kind of weird. Uh, it was just about like, oh, come join the Dark Order because you were lonely and depressed and sad and you have everything wrong going on in your life. So come join us, you know, so propaganda style. Uh, and then uh, we see the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal. So there's 12 people in this match and the winner will uh, or not the winner, but like the last two contenders will have a singles match next week. And whoever wins that match will be presented with a diamond ring. Okay, uh, I guess this is a callback to when Cody Rhodes had substituted the Ring of Honor championship belt into a a ring. So I guess that's where they're kind of getting their inspiration or their, this concept from. I don't know. I'm speculating. But so the members of this match were Hangman Page, Sonny Kiss, uh, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Kip Sabian, Jimmy Havoc, Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt, MJF, Pentagon Jr., Joey Janela, and Billy fucking gun so random but great to see billy weirdly enough billy gun was the largest man in this match what the fuck like he's a tall guy and he's a big guy right don't get me wrong but billy gun was the largest man in this match billy gun was average height in wwf he was average like like, you would never look at Billy Gunn and be like, oh, that man is massive. Maybe he's a big guy, but he's not ever considered massive. And he towered over everyone. 
in this ring. Everyone. So, and and commentators alluded to it as well. They're like, oh, he's the biggest guy and everyone attacked him. And then he did the, you know, that, that thing that Big Show would always do where he's just like, he'd stand up and everyone flies away. Billy Gunn's doing that? What are these, all these guys are fucking like four foot two? What the fuck? It was so weird seeing Billy Gunn being the massive man. So, uh... Uh, everyone is uh, eliminated at some point, and then Jungle Boy and Hangman Page were the ones left at the end. But MJF, who had not been eliminated, had kind of rolled out of the ring, kind of comes in and throws Jungle Boy's legs out of. Uh, well, you know, he kind of like trips Jungle Boy off the apron. Jungle Boy falls out, and MJF slides into the ring, and so it's Jungle Boy eliminated by MJF, and MJF versus Hangman Page set for next week to win that diamond ring and as soon as MJF gets into the ring Hangman Page fucking jumps at him and now there was something that they referred to that I'm not sure and I might have missed it uh, maybe on YouTube or wherever the fuck they do this shit but apparently Hangman Page is not part of being the elite anymore so I don't know what that story is but I guess we'll find out later uh, we then get a in-ring promo by Chris Jericho who is out to apologize uh, and he's out accompanied by his bodyguard, I guess, Jake Hager. Uh, he can't seem to say the word sorry. So he asks Jake Hager to say sorry on his behalf. So he's like, I'm so... It's kind of like weird overacting. But he's like, I'm... And then he gives the microphone. As soon as he's like, I'm very... And then he passes the microphone to Jake Hager, who yells sorry into the microphone. Which is kind of bad because like Jake Hager has a lisp which is very evident and, you know, making him say sorry makes that word very prominently lispy, let's say. I shouldn't be talking. I have, apparently, I've been told I have a slight lisp as well, so, you know, who knows. But uh, Jericho is then interrupted by SCU, Scorpio Sky, Frankie Kazarian, and Christopher Daniels come out. And they sort of, you know, they get into the ring and they're like, listen, Jericho, we didn't mean to embarrass you, blah, blah. And Jericho's like, I wasn't embarrassed. And then they they sort of tricked Chris Jericho into getting him, getting Scorpio Sky a title match on AEW Dynamite next week. So uh, I didn't I in part you know what I don't think I like this, and I'll tell you why I I didn't like it because I feel like Jericho looks like an idiot, and it's like oh we tricked you so easily ha 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 you're a dumbass Jericho well he's not supposed to be he's supposed to be like conniving intelligent he runs this crew. You know, this is a group. I didn't. I didn't like that. I personally didn't like it. Uh, it was. It was sort of funny. Like some parts were funny, but it's like, nah. Jericho needs to be like smart and sneaky. Don't make him look like a dumbass. And that's what they kind of did. So I, I wasn't exactly happy with that. But whatever. Uh. So yeah. So uh, Scorpio Sky basically gets into Jericho's face, and then the inner circle come out. Sammy Guevara and uh, Proud and Powerful. They come out and they start attacking the the SCU and then Michael Nakazawa Brandon Cutler come out they get taken out with one punch each and then the Jurassic Express come out in in parts so like Marco Stan Jungle Boy come out first they get slightly beaten up but then Luchasaurus comes out and he stands toe to toe with Jake Hager but Jake Hager backs off so maybe that'll be a match at some point you know it's good to see like Luchasaurus I feel like I feel like Billy Gunn, Luchasaurus, and Jake Hager are the biggest three people in AEW. And I feel like... And Jake Hager was like... He was slightly larger than everyone else in WWE, but he wasn't like 
overly massive. He was a big guy, but I would never say like, oh, he's a giant man, you know. But over here, he's a giant man. So good for him, you know. The inner circle retreat after our Luchasaurus, you know, sort of comes in there. Uh, and then our main event of the evening was Darby Allen versus John Moxley. This match was fucking nuts. They're really good. I, you know, big ups to John Moxley. He's, he's pulling out these matches, looking good. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of that, you know, match with Kenny Omega, but this this was a good match, and I I was expecting it to be a good match, and they lived up to it. Darby Allen is a fucking psycho. He does the craziest things. Uh, I love the spot where he does the coffin drop onto John Moxley, but Moxley catches him into a sleeper hold, and uh, Darby Allen gets out of that. Moxley goes to the top rope, and uh, Darby Allen gets up there, but then Moxley counters and hits an avalanche, an avalanche paradigm shift, which looked amazing, absolutely incredible. Fucking killed Darby Allen. Moxley gets the win. We fade to black. So that's how AEW ends. Really good finish. Really good match. I really liked it. And uh, yeah. So uh, before we get to the five of the week, let's do the Survivor Series and War Games predictions. So let's start with uh, NXT War Games since that is chronologically the first one. Uh, we have the triple threat match to determine the number one contender for the NXT Championship, which will take this match will take place at Survivor Series the next night. So uh, Adam Cole will be defending against one of these three men, which is Killian Dane, Pete Dunne, and Damian Priest. I expect Pete Dunne to win because he's the only babyface here. But with knowing NXT, they always like you know pull something out of their out of their hat. So. Uh, if it's not Pete Dunne, I'm assuming it would be Damien Priest. But I'm I'm sort of I sort of have my eggs in Pete Dunne's basket there. I think Pete Dunne versus Adam Cole is is a good Survivor Series match to have, and uh, I think they'll tear the house down both those guys. So Pete Dunne will will most likely win this one. I think uh, we have Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor in a singles match because Matt Riddle hates Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor is, this is his first match back on NXT TV. And uh, it's Finn Balor's, you know, uh, I guess debut match in on WWE TV as a, as a heel. So I think Finn Balor is going to win this one. I feel like they need the momentum for Finn. And Matt Riddle was, is substituting Johnny Gargano, who was supposed to be in this match. But unfortunately, he has an injury. So, yeah. Finn Balor winning this one. Uh, we then have Team Ripley versus Team Baszler. The contestants of of Team Ripley are Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, not Candice Michelle, uh, Tegan Knox and Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler's team, which is Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kaylee Ray. Oh, boy. Uh, I think Rhea Ripley's team is going to win this one. Um, I think Rhea Ripley is, yeah, I think Rhea Ripley is winning this one. I feel like both the War Games matches are going to be won by the, the good guys, let's say. I, I almost want to change and go to, actually, you know what? Okay, I'm going to change it up. I, I feel like Team Baser is going to win. Cancel, 
you know, cancel Team Ripley, I say Team Baszler. And the reason being, I feel like Rhea Ripley is going to come back and be like, you know what? Uh, you may have won the War Games match, but I'm going to take that title from you. And I think Rhea Ripley is going to take the title from Shayna Baszler. I think that's how they're building it. I think Rhea Ripley is going to take it. But Shayna Baszler is going to win the War Games match. So Team Baszler. I'm going back to Team Baszler here. So, yeah, Team Baszler. Uh, Undisputed Era versus Team Ciampa, which is Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dijakovic. And to be announced. Now, this has to be some crazy surprise. So, three names I can think of here. right? Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, or Velveteen Dream. I don't know how injured Velveteen Dream is. So I don't know what, what his stance are. Uh, what, what his stance are? What his stance is uh, in terms of you know recovering from his injury. However, I think... Uh, boy. I think it makes more sense for Kevin Owens because he just got attacked by by Adam Cole and his goons, you know, and uh, Seth was kind of there, kind of not there, but Kevin Owens, I feel, was kind of like a question mark. So I think it could be Kevin Owens. That's if Velveteen Dream is really injured. If not, I feel Velveteen Dream is going to be the one coming back. I don't know. But whoever it is, I think is going to be amazing because this is, I think this is going to be the main event. And uh, yeah, I think... Team Champa is winning this because they've got a big surprise name coming in. So I like that they haven't mentioned who it was, and we will find out at the pay-per-view, which is something they don't do very often anymore. Keep the surprise for the pay-per-view, which I love. So, yeah, um, those are my War Games predictions. Let's jump over to quickly to Survivor Series. Uh, oh, boy, we've got a lot of fucking matches here. So Adam Cole versus the winner, which I think is Pete Dunne. <laughs> I think Adam Cole is easily going to retain his title. I don't think it makes any sense for him to switch the title there. I would not be happy seeing that. Uh, so Adam Cole retaining. Uh, then we have the triple threat match. AJ Styles versus Nakamura versus Roddy Strong. Champion versus champion versus champion. All mid-card titles on uh, these gentlemen here. Not on the line, but you know they're the respective champions. And, uh, man, I think... I think Shinsuke Nakamura is going to win this. Yeah. I think Roddy Strong has looked good. AJ Styles looked good. Shinsuke has not looked great. I think that's why they'll make Shinsuke Nakamura win this match. So that will be interesting. Um, and then we have uh, the Viking Raiders versus the New Day versus the Undisputed Era. Ah, man. I th think the Viking Raiders... I think the Viking Raider is going to win this. So uh, I'm trying not to think of, you know, like one Raw, one SmackDown, one NXT. I'm trying not to do that. But so far, I feel like that's the way I've gone now. Uh, we've got uh, Bailey versus Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. I think Bailey is winning this one. So uh, that's two wins for SmackDown. God damn it. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like Bailey's going to win that one. Uh, we've the thing is NXT's been like owning everyone, so I feel like the NXT's not really gonna get many wins at the pay per view. They've ended all the matches, or rather, all the shows on a high. NXT's never looked bad, and people have been clamoring for NXT on on these shows. You hear no one gives a shit about Raw, give us no one gives a shit about SmackDown. Everyone's chanting for NXT, so it's like it's crazy. And uh, so. Uh, let's let's do the title matches first. We've got Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan. Bray Wyatt's retaining 
I don't think he's going to lose to Danny Bryan here or lose anytime soon. So he's retaining the universal title. And then we've got Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio in a no-holds-barred match for the WWE Championship. I think Brock Lesnar is going to retain as well. Rey Mysterio has looked good, but I think Brock and Rey are going to have a fantastic match. I'm very excited for this one. Should be really good. I love Survivor Series. I love it. I love it more than SummerSlam. It's like if you're asking me my order, I would say Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, and then WrestleMania, and then SummerSlam for the big four. That's that's. I love Survivor Series. Although this has kind of been like, I wish it was built better. You know, they had, they started off that one SmackDown amazing, but they sort of didn't really pick up steam after that. I digress. Uh, so let's do the ladies first. Uh, Team Raw. It's Charlotte Flair. Natalia, Asuka, Kairi Sane, and Sarah Logan versus Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross. And uh, so according to Wikipedia, they're not confirmed yet, but it says Rhea Ripley and four to be announced. But I'm assuming it's going to be the four women on uh, on SmackDown. But then again, Michael Cole, I believe, said we don't know if these are the, the win- these are going to be the women in the match. So I don't know. But it was Tony Storm, Tegan Knox. Mia Yim and uh, and Candice LeRae. So I don't know if those are going to be the four, but if it is, uh, I think over here, we I think you'd give Team Raw the win. Yeah, I feel like you give Team Raw the win here. And so now you're going to be thinking like, "What fucking NXT doesn't get a win?" Well, I think NXT is going to win the men's team. So the Raw team for the men's match. Is Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, Ricochet versus the SmackDown team of Roman Reigns, Mustafa Ali, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, and Shorty G versus Team NXT, which has not been announced yet. Now, I can only assume they're just going to pick up the scraps of whoever's left after War Games. But since the Undisputed Era already have their matches, I'm assuming it's going to be Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dajakovic, Matt Riddle, and uh, who else is there? Who else would be? Who would be the fifth member? I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Who's in that? Oh, no, I've already mentioned all four. Uh, maybe Killian Dane or Damian Priest. One of those guys. I don't know. That's actually. It's, I can't figure out who that team would be, and I like that. I like that. I can't figure it out. I have to watch to see who who comes in. I hope it's not a disappointment. But whoever the fifth member of that team is, you know, would be good. I wonder if there are any swerves in the match where Kevin Owens teams with NXT mid-match. I don't know. I'd like to see, like, a backstage segment on Survivor Series. Let's say if Kevin Owens does show up for War Games, I'd like to see, you know, his teammates, let's say Randy Orton or uh, Seth Rollins going like, Hey, we saw you on on War Games last night. Are your alliances with us or with them? He'd be like, "No, I'm with you guys." Like, I just I had some unfinished business against the Undisputed Era, and then come out and then fucking betray Team Raw on in the main event. Oh, baby, that'd be great. So, uh, yeah, I I I'm, I'm, I think Team NXT is gonna win the main event, or if if that's the main event, it it should be the main event, please. Please make that the main event. That'd be great. So, yeah. 
I'd love to see that and uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. So those are my predictions for Survivor Series. Um, let's get into the... Five of the week. Five of the week. This week, number five, goes to Mr. Samoa Joe. He enhanced the show for me. He may not have wrestled, but he enhanced the show for me, and that's important. And I want to see him on commentary until he comes back to the ring. I think he was excellent. I'm okay if Dio Madden doesn't come back now because I think Samoa Joe is fantastic. He brings that, you know, that experience from in the ring. As Jerry Lawler once did, but Jerry's kind of old now. You know, he hasn't been in the ring in a while, and he plays off to the other two really well. You know, Joe, Joe was uh, Jerry Lawler has not been great since he's been back, and I love Jerry Lawler. I've, I've said this before, but Samoa Joe kind of enhanced Jerry and enhanced Vic Joseph. I think he did. He played off them both really well, as he's a gifted man on the mic. He's really good. He's it's second nature to him. So Samoa Joe number five. Number four goes to a man I've been very critical of. I'm not exactly his biggest fan, but I think he's, you know, they're slowly building him up and they're building him up well. John Moxley. I think John Moxley did an excellent job in his match. He looks really strong. He looks like one of the top guys now. In the start, I was kind of like, uh, he sort of feels like a mid-card, like an upper mid-card sort of guy. And, you know, I didn't like that. But now I feel like, oh, you know what? No, I, I, I see him. As you know, he's he's decimating the mid carters and he's he's you know toe to toe with the top guys, which makes me believe that oh you know what yeah this guy's legit. So John Waxley number four, number three goes to my top guy Adam Cole baby. Uh, he's uh, leading the undisputed era successfully, and that ladder match was excellent. He held his own against a much much larger individual, and he climbed that ladder and won that match clean as a whistle. May have gotten taken down by Seth Rollins and Tommaso Ciampa after, but he's you know he's the, he led the charge on on Kevin Owens. He came on to SmackDown with the team and you know he introduced the boys. Adam Cole, baby, Adam Cole. Number two goes to Triple H. Triple H has been selling me on every fucking word that comes out of that man's mouth. I almost bought that Kevin Owens is going to join, and maybe that's still the story that they're going with, but. You know, Triple H sort of almost brought Kevin Owens back to NXT. And maybe he did. Who knows? But every time he speaks, and it's, you know, it's kind of sad and and amazing at the same time where it's like, how is Triple H still the best person on the mic? Like, how has no one on the roster reached his level of expertise yet? How can that, How can they not deliver as well as he does? Why? And maybe that's like scripted writing or whatever the fuck that they're, they're doing here, right? I don't know what they're going for, but... Triple H is excellent on the mic. I believe every fucking word that comes out of that man's mouth. And and he sells me on everything. And even like when he closed the show on Raw, he was like, the doors are wide open. Come whenever you can. Uh, so it's like, yeah, fuck yeah. Let's see this. I want to do uh, fucking NXT, baby. Yeah, let's do this. And again, he's the mastermind behind NXT. I love it. I love it. Triple H, number two. And number one goes to a... Uh, I said this before as well, and I, I, I'm sorry for repeating myself, but it's a rising star, and Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley goes 
toe to toe with Becky Lynch, who is you know arguably the 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 I guess the hottest woman in in the in that division, you know. And I don't mean like in in terms of physical appearance. I mean like she is the number one woman, you know. She's she's killing it. She's doing such a good job. And Rhea Ripley stood toe to toe with her. Did not lose the match, which tells me a great deal about her. She got into that triple threat match, picked up the win with a very intelligent crucifix pin. I love that finish. What an excellent fucking finish. Uh, very creative, very intelligent, very well done. Execution was perfect and near perfect. And uh, yeah, Rhea Ripley is making me believe that this, this woman is a fucking certifiable badass. I would not want to fuck with her. So she's her stock has risen immensely this past week. So Rhea Ripley has to be number one here. Rhea Ripley takes number one. Um, thank you guys for your questions because now it is time for KJ's Q&A. Okay, our first question comes from the hero formerly known as Neck, at Carrie Neck. Seeing as you're short and can be mistaken for a child, haha. Uh, what wrestler would you want to have defending you if you were locked in a room with Prince Charles? I don't know, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I'd want Brock Lesnar to defend me anytime. Against anyone. Fucking Brock Lesnar would kill people. Who else would you want? There's literally no one else that is more intimidating than that man. He is a legit fighter. He's beaten the shit out of world champions. Heavyweights. He's a freak athlete. And in the ring, he's unparalleled. He's amazing. Brock Lesnar, 100%. Anthony Fitzpatrick at AFITS27. Are you team red, blue, or yellow? I think I've I've made no bones about it. I'm a NXT mark. I love NXT. I think it's one of the best wrestling shows I've ever watched in my life. The stories have me captivated, hooked me, the surprises, the turns, the twists. Oh, it's fucking amazing exactly what I want from a wrestling show. Team Yellow. I'm rooting for Team Yellow in every match. But, like, no shame. NXT, all the way. I think a lot of people are doing the same. I think a lot of people are rooting for NXT. So, yeah. I'm Team Yellow. Yellow. Team Gold. Let's call it Gold, right? Yellow. Eh. No, it's Team Black and Gold. You got Red, Blue, and Black and Gold. You know? NXT gets two colors, motherfuckers. Yeah. Cammy uh, Hutton at Fat Pirlo. What is your favorite finisher of all time? So I read this question earlier and I was thinking about it and it's really difficult. Uh, when when Petey Williams used to do the Canadian Destroyer, right? When I first saw it on, on TNA, Impact, whatever fuck you, you call it now. Uh, I, I saw that move and I was like, that is fucking insane. The Canadian Destroyer was incredible. But now you see, you know, quite a few people doing it and stuff. So I guess it's like, okay, it's not, it's not lost its luster. I still think it's a fantastic fucking move. Uh, but the fact that an old man from the Rock and Roll Express can do it, kind of like, ooh, mm, I wish no. I wish I don't want to see that. But he, you know, the Canadian Destroyer is an awesome finishing move. Uh, finisher of all time, though, I guess it would have to be, and this is probably a very cliched, uh, response with the RKO he's he's hit that move so well so many times the the one that he hit on Seth Rollins at Wrestlemania like oh my god literally and I hate the fact that they keep doing the out of nowhere out of nowhere thing it's kind of annoying but 
it was out of nowhere and it was just i didn't expect it at all but and he hit that fucking perfectly it was so beautiful to watch and you don't expect it at all he hit that fucking move and got the pin i loved it it's incredible he hit it on evan Bourne that one time when he did the shooting star press again came out of nowhere you didn't see it coming fucking finish that move perfectly he hit it on brock lesnar this one time on smackdown and brock lesnar came to smackdown after many years again really fucking good you know so the rko is hard uh, i have a soft corner for switch and music as well i know you asked finisher of all time i'd say i'd have to go with rko but shout out to switch and music or super kick no actually you want switch and music specifically and and the canadian destroyer i love those moves uh thank you for your questions you guys uh it is uh, always great to to get down to your questions uh let's get to the trivia part of the show now last week rvd was having a conversation with a gentleman may you may have heard of him by the name of the heartbreak kid sean michaels um <laughs> so that was sean michaels you guys uh here take a listen this is i believe it was 2002 or 2001 when sean michaels had just made his so it would be 2002, 2003, sometime around then when he made his return and was trying to convince RVD to do something. I'm not sure what. Take a listen. Hey, Gumby. I want something from you, young man. I want something from you, too. Your title. Really? Yeah. In all seriousness, Rob, I uh, want to come here and say this to you just between you and me. Mm. I think you've got an amazing gift. You yeah. have an unbelievable amount of talent. Every time you go out to that ring, you give those people everything you got. And you never leave them wanting more. And I admire that a great deal. If I may be so bold as to say, you, uh, quite frankly, you remind me of a younger HBK. There's only one problem. I think you're missing just one very important thing. Enlighten me. Ooh. I ain't speaking my language, kid. So that's Shawn Michaels trying to convince RVD to, I don't know, maybe fuck or something. But uh, there was a little bit of slapping there. I don't know what the fuck was going on. But, uh, yeah. Uh, here's a gentleman that uh, is sort of, you know, talking about certain things that he did in his career. Um, it shouldn't be too difficult because, you know, he sort of refers to a few things that might give it away. But, uh, you know what, I'm not going to say anything more. Take a listen and tell me who this gentleman is. I can't wait to see Donald Trump get his head shaved by Vince McMahon. And I also can't wait to give continually to you all of my great and my loyal fans. Because I am willing to 
Send in your answers to at roped in pod. The pin tweet is where you would leave your answers as Mr. Anthony Fitzpatrick did and correctly guessed Shawn Michaels this week. So congratulations, Anthony. You you got it right. And uh, let's see. Let's see if you guys can figure this one out. This one. There, there are some hints in, in what he says that should sort of give it away. So, um, yeah, curious to see if you can get it. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are at the segment you have all been waiting for. The The competition is is getting intense. And if you have not submitted your teams yet, you have, well, whenever this goes out, you have until Saturday night GMT. So figure out what the fuck GMT is according to your time. And uh, midnight... 12 o'clock as soon as it turns sunday that's it i cannot accept anymore so submit your five and given your champions uh this i'm just gonna say it out loud now but we have a player this month who i will be doing the wwe tlc review with um his name is eric hamilton eric is part of the what's wrong with wrestling podcast and uh those guys are, are killing it their, their numbers are rising. They have over a million downloads. And uh, they're really, really fucking funny. Eric and I, uh, we've been friends for a few years now. So I've known these guys uh, through their podcast. Before I started podcasting, I was just a listener. And uh, yeah, I've, uh, I, I, I'm have i a Patreon to their channel. And I'm a Patreon to uh, Inside the Ropes. So these are the two podcasts that I, I pay for. Because I genuinely enjoy and love the content that comes out of it. And uh, what's wrong with wrestling? As you may know, I'm doing the Survivor Series recap with Mr. Andrew Pisano, who is the host of the What's Wrong with Wrestling podcast. They do the Raw, um, they do the Wednesday Night War podcast, and they do the SmackDown podcast. So they have three podcasts, two of which are free. So um, the Patreon stuff, and they have one special every month as well. So the the Wednesday Night War podcast is is a paid thing on patreon and uh, it's not very expensive there everything is available at five dollars so you should definitely check them out they're really really good and uh yeah they're they're very funny very funny honestly i'm i'm i look forward to listening to the podcast because of how funny they are and uh yeah so andrew will be on the podcast if you know if you want to see just take a listen take a listen to what andrew does and and you know figure it out he's really really good and uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to review Survivor Series with him. But uh, Eric Hamilton will be doing the TLC. So he's playing this month. And uh, I guess we'll do the breakdown of what our points are and how everything goes when uh, when we finish that month. So that will be that'll be funny to see which one of us comes out on top. So it's a direct competition between me and him. But it's also a competition between you guys and us. So let's see if you can defeat us. He submitted his team. I still have my team to submit, and uh, like an idiot, I I have not written down my team yet, um, but I have to give you guys the team on this podcast, so I will do that, but uh, let me first give you the points breakdown, because, uh, so I sent out a tweet just before recording this, and I don't know how this is fucking happening, right? I swear to God, I'm not tampering with any of the points. I promise you, I swear on everything I love and believe. I I'm not tampering any of these points. I don't know how the fuck this is happening, but it's happening. All right? The these fucking points are really weird. 
and there it's either like there's a vast difference between let's say the fourth position and the last position and then you've got the third second and first positions that are all fucking weird there are three people tied at the third position currently anthony fitzpatrick ian milne and sarah halliwell right these three people are all tied at 92 points apiece. So, Anthony, Ian, and Sarah, this is why I tagged you on Twitter. Because you're all at 92 points, tied at third position. And all of you have different teams. I checked it up. All of you have different fucking teams. So, how the fuck is this happening? That's hilarious. Um, so, 92 points for, for the three of you. And then uh, the second position. Now, this is even, this is where it gets even funnier. The second position is Reese JM with 152 points, right? E- it, fucking Reese is killing it. Reese is killing it. This guy is fucking coming out of nowhere, and he's like he's gathered the most total points. I think I have to go back and check the the total score. But Reese is fucking murdering it. He's second position, 152 points. He was. Uh, I'll tell you how much he was last week because he was he was second position. He was 131 points, right? The first position last week was uh, Prinny God, which is Zachary Marsh at 153 points, right? So Zachary was 153. Reese was 131. This week, the second position is at Reese with 152 points, and Zachary Marsh is still first, but with 155. He's three points behind him. Reese is three points behind Zachary, if, if I fuck that up. So Reese is second position, but only by three points. So he's fucking gaining on him. I, I, I tabulated these points. I was like, what the fuck is going on? So Reese could easily win this this month. And Zachary, who was leading significantly last week by 20 points. And not significant. But all he did was get, what was it, two points? Zachary, yeah, Zachary got two points from last week to this week. But Reese has jumped up 31 points. That is fucking crazy. This is hilarious. I'm hysteric. I was laughing just like watching. And the third position tied by three people. And and who's to say? They might they might come up and, and win, you know? I don't know. But here is something that I need to tell you guys about the points. Right. In terms of people who are, you know, let's say if you have, uh, I don't know, Seth Rollins in your team. Right. And if Seth Rollins is one of the survivors in his team, he will get you points. But if he's eliminated, unfortunately, Seth Rollins is going to get you no points. Because. It has to be people that win the match, right? Now, I get it. Like, oh, the team wins, but it's the people that are winning the match who are getting the points. And elimination points will only count if your person is... So, basically, if, you're, if your guy wins at the end, if he's one of the sole survivors, you get points for him or her. But if they're not in the match, they're out. There are no points per elimination, so it's not like if Kofi Kingston pins... It's not like a gauntlet match, right? Like, a gauntlet match is like, 
all right, this is a match, and then whoever wins that match has another match, and then whoever wins that match has another match. So that's a gauntlet. But this is one match continuously. And then the people standing at the end are the winners of that match. So Soul Survivors will be the winner. So that's how the points will work. So pray to God your guy doesn't get eliminated. That's what I'm doing. I got fucked this week. I got minus points and fucking... I'm like 50-something, so I'm not fucking winning this. I don't know how... There's, I need a miracle. I don't even know who my champion is. I don't remember. But let me, so, hmm, let me, let me do my team, right? So these are the people, these are the five people that I'm picking for my TLC, WWE TLC 2019 team. The first person I'm going to pick is Seth Rollins. I'm going to go with Seth Rollins. He has regular matches, so I'm going to pick him, and he usually wins, so... Seth is my first pick. Uh, I will also go with... Ah, fuck. Okay, now I was thinking of someone. I'm going to change my mind a little bit. So I'm going to go with Andrade. I'm going to say Andrade. So Seth, Andrade. I'm also going to pick Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin is going to be my third pick. My fourth pick is going to be Eric Rowan. Because he's Gaga Google motherfucking whatever fuck winning his matches. And... Asuka. So that is my team. Now I have to obviously pick my champion. So hold on. So I have Seth Rollins. I'm doing this with you guys. See here. Uh, Andrade. Uh, I have got um, Baron Corbin because he is somehow always being pushed. Uh, I have uh, Eric Rowan. And uh, I have Ms. Asuka, who is uh, one half of the tag team champions. Hopefully she does not drop her title. That would fuck me. And uh, I have to pick a champion here, guys. So I've got Seth, Andrade, Baron Corbin, Eric Rowan, Asuka. Who do you think is the best champion here? I think. I think. I'm going to have to go with... Because they protected Andrade, and I feel like Andrade might have more matches. But Seth wrestles frequently as well. So it's between Seth and Andrade. I feel like Zelina Vega helps Andrade quite a bit. But none of these guys are going to win titles. And... Honestly, I feel like Umberto Carrillo might have a chance with the United States Championship, but I'm not going to pick Umberto. I feel like he's going to just fizzle out really soon. Um, so I'm going to go with... Unless, what if they do put the title on Umberto? I don't know. I'm not going to pick Umberto. But I'm going to make mm, Andrade. I'm going to make Andrade my champion here. That's what I'm going to do. So Andrade is my champion. Seth, Baron Corbin, Eric Rowan, Asuka. That's my team. Come on, guys. Make me win. I need to beat uh, Eric Hamilton and the rest of you. So, fuck you guys. I'm going home. Uh, so, yeah. That's it for the podcast, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this was a long one. A lot to discuss. I hope you enjoyed um, my ranting and my breakdowns of everything. Uh, because, you know, I, I love talking to you guys and I love your feedback, you know. I love it when you guys tweet and uh, share your thoughts on what I said. So uh, please, you know, indulge me some more. I love it. And uh, keep an ear out for... Um, I will be doing uh, the War Games review. Um, I might do that solo. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll do it solo. And uh, it'll be a quick recap because, you know, um, I don't know what the the i guess the matches will be a little difficult to to explain so i'll do the war games one on my own and then i'll do the survivor series one 
uh, hopefully right after the show with uh, with Andrew. So, uh, Mr. Andrew Pisano. And uh, if you want to, you know, check him out, uh, he'll he'll do his plugs, obviously, when he comes on, but uh, at Wrong Wrestling on Twitter. So just check them out. Uh, as I said, they're a comedy podcast. They make fun of the the show, and that's their gimmick. You know, they come on, and they, they rip on whatever they can. And they're really funny, and they're really talented, and they're really good, which is why I'm having Andrew on to do one of the big four with me. So... Uh, yeah, again, guys, thank you so much for your questions. Thank you for all your your interactions. I love I love hearing back from you guys. So please keep it up. You know, keep me engaged. I love it. And uh, yeah, good luck with uh, the WWE TLC month and good luck at Survivor Series. I think we'll all really, really need it. Uh, and, you know, that's it for me, you guys. Make sure you follow me at uh, that KJ guy across all major social media platforms. Follow at roped in pod across all major social media platforms uh youtube.com forward slash that kj guy for upcoming videos and uh i will hopefully be uploading the the some of the interviews that i did um with inside the ropes so keep an eye out for that and uh, i have some content coming your way in in a few weeks so just keep keep your eyes and ears just follow and turn that notification thing on uh hit that little bell so that whenever I post, you get to see it. And I don't I don't spam, you know. I'll post so whenever it does pop up, you'll be able to see it. Uh, thank you, Devesh. I saw you you subscribe to the channel. So thank you very much. And uh, see, I have an eye out for you guys, man. I keep, I keep an eye out. So, you know, thank you guys so, so very much. Uh, good luck in the Fantasy League for the next month. And like always, since you're still here, KJ out.
This is my. This is my.